to another episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network. So it's nice and sunny outside. And I went, I did my laundry early. I was washing shirts. So I basically, I hang my shirts to dry, you know, because I'm a big guy. I, got, I, I like to, I like to too. Yeah, I, I, I can't have my shirts wrapping around my gut and people just being like, eh. So I like to wear my shirts a little bit loose and it, it stays that way. If I hang them to dry, if I put them in a the dryer, they'll shrink to the size of baby bibs. And that's not sexy. No one needs to see that. But even this morning, it was already a little bit humid. So I haven't gone back outside. Luckily, I got my scripts yesterday. So we'll see. But either which way, I mean, it seemed like it's, like it's good beach weather. So, you know, if you want, I mean, it is, it is the end of July. So we have a whole nother month of this summer horse shit to go. So <laughs> there'll be plenty of sunny days out there. Good morning, Odie. Good morning. Looks like it's just me Good and you morning. today. So we may as well just it, go it ahead. Looks like it. Yeah. We may as well go ahead and get started. Odie, what you got for us today? So um I have a quick update on two terrible, terrible people. Um the first one up is, is Ronnie O'Neill. Do you remember that story about um this guy, he went viral for defending himself. I'm not going to lie. I wonder, like, how much of that was, like, him defending himself versus, like, nobody who wanted to represent him. Like, how much of a choice he had in that. Um, but anyway, he, he killed his child's mother, the daughter, and then he tried to also kill his son. And he was, like, feverishly defending himself, like... Like passionately, you know how like when you watch the movies and stuff, and you think about like iconic courtroom scenes, uh, like when I think of iconic courtroom scenes, like there's one movie that immediately comes to mind. What about you? Uh, there's actually two. One would be uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which I haven't seen since I was a little kid. So that was like Jimmy Stewart's big. Uh, Actually, that's not even a courtroom scene. He was he was on the floor of this of the of the house, so that doesn't count. Okay, okay, but he was arguing something though. Yeah, and there's also uh, okay. there's also a time to kill with Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Ah, uh, that's a good one. That that's a good one. I didn't even think about that one. That one comes to mind for me. Yeah, that's a good one. I the first one I actually thought of was um, you can't handle the truth. A few good men. Tom oh yeah. Bruce. And uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that one like really comes to mind immediately. Um, well, it was like that, but in real life. Um, very dramatic. He was yelling, basically. Um, and just trying to defend himself. He, he ultimately was found guilty. We know that. Um, even the the son who he tried to kill was up on the sand. It was very painful to listen to, but he was recently sentenced <clears throat> to life without parole for trying to kill them. 
and I think he got he got three life sentences. How much is how many years is a life sentence, by the way? It all depends on the state. I think for a lot of states, a life sentence is either twenty or twenty five years. So, because um, okay. I know so this is Florida. Yeah, I, I know. Usually, some people think like a life sentence means that that you're in for life, and in some cases, mm. that is true. But usually, when they have a usually don't quote me on this when they say like multiple life sentences so basically that means that in that state usually a life sentence has like a limit like 20 or 25 years depending on the state well in his case he got that plus 60 years to run consecutively so he's never they made sure Uh, that he's never getting out they did add 60 years i forgot to mention that but um yeah his i think the woman's sister the victim's sister um, she was up there, you know, making her impact statement. Um, she said that he did what a coward would do. Um, that's what, excuse me, that's what the mother said. I know the sister was up there though, too. Um, and I think I, I somebody else. Oh yeah. The mother again also said that she's not happy that he didn't get the death penalty because this is Florida. And I was thinking, I was like, don't Florida have the death penalty? Like why, why isn't he? I just feel like if not him, then who? Like how right. how heinous would you have to be, or like how much proof would you have to have to be like, yeah, like let's let's do the death penalty for this person. In Texas, he'd already be dead. <laughs> they would have rolled out the electric chair right after the trial. So maybe he's lucky he's in Florida. I don't know. You know what's funny when you said that they were running the sentences uh, consecutively. It reminded me of uh, you know what you remember Malcolm X right, where yeah. Malcolm X went to jail, and they gave him those uh, I guess they gave him the charges and but they told him they were going to run concurrently, and Spike Lee's character didn't know what that meant so he like he faints in court because he because he figured there were he didn't know there's between concurrently and consecutively, you know. Mm-hmm. And then for those who don't know, like yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, concurrently means at. They're all running at the same time, like so right. you get credit for time service. And then you would just get the <laughs> longest, the longest of the sentences. So they're running consecutively. So yeah, he's never gonna see the light of day again. Cause I, I I'm I'm pretty sure parole is off the table yeah. or something like this. <laughs> yeah, I just thought of that thing that was actually really funny. Uh okay. Yeah, because he just thought he was gonna get some he was playing those taking those chances with that life. <laughs> he should um, anywho. Maybe he would only so, gotten two life sentences if he if he took a plea deal. <laughs> perhaps. Well, this, this he also went on to say, "I'm not sorry for something I didn't do, and I'm not sorry for the things I did do." <laughs> he actually said that in court. That's what he said. Um, oh. He he has. I think his defense was that the child's mother was trying to kill the baby so that's why he killed her first um oh yes yes that's what it was the baby yeah she killed the baby and then he killed her for killing the baby that's his story um so that's i guess that's what he's referring to um except for again he tried to kill his son as well and the son testified that he was trying to kill him. So that doesn't even make any sense. Well, how, how old was the son? Uh, I think he was like around 10. Oh, jeez. He's, he's somewhere in that range. 
because his voice is still little. Like, he hasn't gone through puberty yet. Like, he didn't have a, a deep voice. He was still a baby, you know? That's horrible. traumatizing for, for Yeah, it is. It is. He's definitely going to need therapy for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I want to transition into a terrible person who should have also gotten therapy much sooner in life for the things that he experienced. And that is Robert Kelly, a predator who definitely should have been getting therapy. Um, some new information came up this week. Uh, I'm just going to read the, the headline. Uh, R. Kelly sexually abused teenage boy he met in a McDonald's. That has that has that's a well documented place as his like breeding ground too, um, as well. Like McDonald's. where he brooms people. Yes, like that's a regular place where people would spot him cruising. Um, he met the kid, the boy in McDonald's, bribed officials for information about his legal case. That's what prosecutors allege. Oh. New York prosecutors filed a 55-page motion seeking permission to admit new evidence in his trial. The filing alleges that Kelly bribed officials and sexually abused underage boys. The disgraced R&B singer is due to stand trial on August 9th in New York on racketeering charges. Um, federal prosecutors say they have evidence of several previously uncharged crimes committed by Kelly, including bribing officials for information and sexually abusing underage boys. Uh, I'm trying to get Yeah, the original New York indictment. First of all, let's just start here. This is a federal case. Um, he's going to jail. Like, the feds don't play. The fed, When the feds get involved, this is like airtight shit. This is none of that Teflon Don shit that can't stick because it's like your local law enforcement that are, you know, maybe underfunded and having to deal with different challenges of dealing or with just, the celebrity or, or, because or, or just incompetent because I mean it's not like they're underfunded yes, because they have all our money. I mean True. most True. especially like in New York where they have what, what is their budget like a like a couple billion dollars? Yeah, they're just incompetent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna doing be shit to create it's weird because they do shit to create shortcuts to like make it easier for themselves to like pin things on people, but Bruh, you can't do that. Like that that makes it easy for them to get away with the crime just by doing yeah. shit not by the book. But anyway, um, yeah, the the fact that this is a federal case, like I'm very confident he will go to jail for this finally. Um but uh this article goes on to say that the original New York indictment from March twenty twenty refers to six victims. The latest court filing refers to twenty Jane Doe's and two John Doe's, according to the NPR. Um, one of the new allegations made by prosecutors is that in 2006, Kelly began a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old boy he met at a McDonald's in Chicago. Um, now, this source right now that I'm reading from is actually Yahoo News, but when I first learned about this, um, the new the new filing, it was actually on a blog, The Shade Room. So very social media-ish, like you're not getting your news from there, but you get a little sense of what's going on for the most part. Right. Um, it's not journalistic, no integrity, really, no checks and balances there. So you're just like, okay, like, let me read into this some more. But I always go to the comments 
for stories like this because I'm curious to see where people's minds are at. Like, how do you, I guess, argue against this? Like, to me, when it's so clear, how do you argue against this? How do you defend this? Right. Um, and for the, for the most part, I didn't see anybody defending this. Um, not even for the most part. I did not see anybody defending this. Um, whereas historically, when it's been, you know, a 17, a 16, 15, 14-year-old girl, uh, we're seeing things like, oh, when I was in high school, I seen lots of fast girls hanging out at McDonald's or, you know, trying to be groupies and shit. And she must have asked for it. Or where were her parents? That one comes up a fucking lot. It's really annoying. Um, you know, it's like, oh, like I don't care. They're just trying to pin this on it. And like, mind you, it's like dozens of victims. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so you mean to tell me out of all the dozens of victims, they're all lying? Like, they're just trying to hold the black man down kind of thing? Like, yeah, they, they, they're making a federal case. But you got two John Doe's and now everybody's like, oh, no, he fucking with little boys. Like, now I'm really not fucking with him. Blah, blah, blah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, what are you talking about? Why does it have to come to that for you to finally be like, you know what? Maybe I won't listen to Step in the Name of Love at the family cookout this year. Or maybe I won't have sex with 12 Play anymore. Is that what bothers you? Like, the fact that maybe he was singing 12 Play to a little boy instead of <laughs> a little girl? You know, the, the, the thing about women in America is the fact that, I mean, being a woman in America sucks. I'm just going to come right out and say it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that in a pandering way. I mean, think about it like this. Former slaves were able to vote, what, 60 years before women could vote? You know, and I know in India, they're throwing acid in women's faces if they don't want to date people. I know in Saudi Arabia, they, women just got to be able to drive by themselves a couple of years ago. So I know there's places where women have it really bad. You know, in some places in Africa, they're giving women, like they're literally slicing their clitorises off because they feel like women are not supposed to be able to enjoy sex the way men do. So yeah, in certain places they have it worse, but we're supposed to be the land of the free. And yet women always suffer the negative effects of every double standard that you could possibly imagine. The whole thing about women being fast. So it's automatically their fault if somebody powerful takes advantage of them. So automatically it's the women's fault because they're being fast. That's absolute horseshit, you know, because these are young girls and young girls, just like anybody else could be starstruck, you know? Yep. And then, you know, and then people like R. Kelly, like Bill Cosby, I'll throw his ass in there too. They take advantage of that. In one of Bill Cosby's depositions, um, he talked about a relationship he had with a 19-year-old girl, and I had to look up and do the quick math, like, okay, because he talked, because he did the year when it happened. I'm like, and this was a 19-year-old girl at the time; he was 39, right, messing with mm -hmm. a 19-year-old girl. So, it's kind of like, yes. I mean, once you're over 18, you are technically a woman in the eyes of the law. But at the same time, right. you're still not, I mean, you can't drink until you're 21 for a reason because your brain is still developing, you know? So the law is kind of funny. Like you can go to war, but you can't drink for another few years, you know? 
And people tend to see this as, well, they should have known better, usually when it comes to women. But like you said, now, now there's mm-hmm. young boys involved and now everybody's just like, oh, clutching their pearls with their fake outrage. Throw him under the jail. I'm like, what the, where the fuck have y'all been? Like, what are we talking about? This is terrible. No matter how you slice it, this is terrible. All of these people have been victimized um, regardless of gender. Uh, they actually, the, the, the uh, prosecutors also want to introduce more evidence that confirms things that people already knew, like about Aaliyah's marriage. So they also said that they want to introduce evidence. In the 94, Kelly bribed an Illinois state employee with $500 to create a fake ID for Aaliyah so that he could marry her. Um, his so-called crisis manager, there's an audio recording where him and the crisis, quote-unquote, crisis manager are, are talking about uh, paying $2,500, uh, bribing a clerk $2,500 and providing them with a burner phone to relay information back to Kelly's team. Um, and then he also, there was something else. After the Surviving R. Kelly series, they say he also bribed a, a clerk um, in an attempt to gain information about his legal case after the R. Kelly. So I guess they wanted to like see how much of that was being validated. Uh, he's fucking going to jail. That's the bottom line. He's going to jail. Um, but I'm just like, I just, people just never cease, like never fail to disappoint me. <laughs> people never fail to disappoint me. Like, it's it's just like what the fuck. Like I kind of want to even troll in the comments just to be like, damn, where were his parents? Where were they? Where were those boys' parents? It must have been sad. Like just so people could see how stupid it fucking sounds. Exactly. Uh. You know, women always get the short end of the stick of any. Uh, and, and and it's funny. I was watching a, a horror documentary on, and I will I will say this real quick. I know this is off brand of what we're talking about, but if you are a fan of Shutter, the Shutter app is trash. It really is. I have the luxury of having Amazon uh, because I have Amazon Prime, and I end up getting Shutter through Amazon Prime, and it's still the same five ninety nine a month extra, but the Amazon app works so much better than the actual Shutter app. But anyway, I was watching a documentary and they were talking about, uh, so every episode is like a different genre of horror, like serial killers, monsters, vampires, so on and so forth. And then they had the one on witches, which was absolutely, it was a good episode because it was one thing about, uh, about women and whether the witch is like, like young and sexy or an old crone or something like that, it's basically... The witch sometimes is an allegory for men being afraid of women's sexuality and demonizing them for it. Mm. Because you figure the Salem witch trials were basically just, you know, in my own Mercer speak on this, it was basically like, hey, why don't you make me a sandwich? I don't want to make you a sandwich. You know, I'd like to do something I want to do. Maybe I want to churn this butter instead. Maybe I want to knit a sweater. Maybe I just want to relax a bit. Why don't you make your own sandwich? Which burner at the stake? I know that's a, a glib interpretation of it, but did these women really have mystical, magical powers? 
No, they were just women who were just like, well, maybe I want to do what I want to do. And because that wasn't mm-hmm. part of the norm, they were seen as witches by these, you know, by these over religious people. You know, women always get the short end of the stick. And, you know, it's kind of like we, we joked about this in the pre-show, like with John Wick, there was a, a guy who does this, what did he call it? Um, pitch meeting where he pitches movies, but it's basically him on both sides. But anyway, it was like he was talking about um, mm-hmm. uh, the part where they killed John Wick's dog. He had a puppy and then the gangsters break in his yeah. house and they, and they kill his dog. And as soon as they kill his dog, yeah. his face was just like, somebody better die for this. And they were, oh yeah, lots of people die for this. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, it's almost like uh, if it happens to women, it's their fault. If it happens to guys, then it's, then they're, then they're actual victims and the women were just asking for it. Like that was just the yep. times or some horse shit like that. It, it absolutely baffles me why women date men at all in this day and age. Because <laughs> we're just, we're just horrible, terrible people <laughs> on a regular basis. So I don't know. But I figure the FBI has what, like a 95% conviction rate? He should have just taken the plea deal and been done with it. How yeah. many years? How many years do you think he's going to get now? Mm, was there like twenty victims? Uh, twenty victims. Or so I'm going to go with. Shit, because even like, even five years per victim. It's crazy. You know what I mean? So mm, like a hundred years. <laughs> that's still gonna be like a hundred years. You know what I mean? So uh I think he'll I think he'll be in there. I think he'll be in there for life. That and then combined with the bribing. <coughs> yeah. It's kinda fucked up, but I kinda almost expect them to give him more time for the bribing. For the bribing instances. I I forget I read an article about this years ago and I forget which album it was on. But on one of the albums, like one of one of the girls who he, who he supposedly, allegedly, I have to say allegedly for legal purposes, had uh, illegal contact with, her father is listed as a musician on the album, even though he didn't play on the album. That was kind of mm-hmm. a bribe because by him being on the album in that capacity, he will get royalties from the album. So it was kind of a way of giving a bribe without just handing him a sack with a, with a dollar bill on it, with a, with a dollar sign on it, you know, his way of saying, hey, you know, I know I had inappropriate relations with your daughter, I'll put you on the album, you get some money from this, and we keep it hush-hush. Man, that's some bullshit, like, what the fuck, like, it, it's like, what do you say? I don't know how he justified that, um, the father, I mean, yeah, like, wh- what do you think he possibly said, like, what could somebody come and tell you about wanting to spend time with your daughter? Like, did he tell you that it wasn't going to be sexual or something? Like, but you, you should know better. Like, I don't understand. And at this point, like, we already knew that he was into that kind of shit. So it wasn't even a surprise. Like, why the fuck would you let your child spend time with a grown-ass man? Um, I didn't watch the documentary because I just, I couldn't. Um, but one of the snippets I, I came away with um and learned about was uh, about this uh woman who said like basically it just seemed like he was 
not capable of being satisfied. That's why he was in so much, like, into so much weird shit. And basically they were theorizing that he slept with young, now people, not even just young girls, but young people, girls and boys, because he was just trying to figure out what he was into. And older people wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, older people wouldn't be on that kind of shit. Right. And so he just, it just seemed like he was never satisfied. And probably because he just didn't have a healthy introduction to sex anyway. Um, so it's like, I feel sorry for R. Kelly, the, the kid that was robbed of a healthy existence when it comes to that. Um, yes. And no one loves and what romance should really be like. Um, I feel sorry for R. Kelly as a child, but this R. Kelly, the adult, is a fucking monster. Send him to jail. And that's that's all I got to say about that. I mean, you figure... You ever hear of a, a Ted Nugent? He's a, a, a old rock and roll dude. He's and he's mm-hmm. like one. He's like one of those Fox News guys. Like he's like he's a yeah. best Fox News. He wrote a song back in the seventies called Jailbait, and it was basically about him uh, having sex with a thirteen-year-old girl. You know, and uh, I think that song is still on Spotify, but. Um, Snopes had a uh, article on him because there was a, always a, a, a rumor. His wife, uh, let me see, they didn't say how old, how old he was at the time. So they said in 1978, Nugent began a relationship with a 17-year-old Hawaii native named uh, Pele, uh, Pele Massa. The age of sexual consent in Hawaii at the time was 16. However, they could not marry due to the age difference. To get around this, Nugent joined Massa's parents in signing documents to make himself her legal guardian. So then, mm-hmm. they, so then they'd be able to get married. What the fuck? Now, now, Snopes looked into this and they listed it as unproven. But Nugent, mm-hmm. Nugent, okay. allude, but Nugent alluded to it in, um, in a the VH1 behind the music thing that he kind of alluded to it. Like he would get um, consent from the parents to be in relationship with these underage girls. So unfortunately it's not an uncommon thing. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon for parents to just sell their kids down the river for somebody who's famous. You remember uh, OJ Simpson and Nicole Brown, Nicole Brown wanted to leave OJ because OJ was abusive. And her parents kept mm-hmm. making her go back to him because at the time he was rich and famous. Yep. So unfortunately, and like I said, women always get the short end of the stick, unfortunately. They'll use them as commodities. Yeah. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, women, they're, you know, if they sell sex, they're prostitutes, you know, they're whores, you know, but men, they're gigolos. It sounds fun. Hey, gigolo, you know, so it's everywhere you look, there's some sort of double standard. But I mean, for R. R. Kelly, it's basically just going to be a matter of how much time is he going to get? Because the FBI doesn't fuck around. He should have just taken the plea deal and been done with it. If he took the plea deal before, he would have been out by now, probably. Yeah, that's as fucked up as it is, yes. 
Yes. So. <sighs> Well, yeah. Now, for uh, uh, now, did you have anything else? No, I did not. But, but before I start, before I start running my mouth, because you figure mm-hmm. as much as of of a disgusting piece of trash R. Kelly is, he did make good music that 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 people loved for many years. I have a couple of R. Kelly albums. I have his first album actually. When uh, I forgot the name of the the his his R. Kelly and somebody else. I think I still have that CD. And then I, I inherited a couple of them from my brother. He was a he was a big R. Kelly fan, you know. But now uh, we'll go from good music to bad music. Did you watch the uh, oh, the right. double, Did you watch the double XL uh, cipher for this year? I did. Um, only after the Coil Roy Coil Ray uh, <laughs> went viral and She's saw her dancing and stuff. I will say more Moray did a good job though. Like um he's from he's from Fayetteville. He's on tour with J. Cole. Is he? And okay. yeah, he's on tour with J. Cole this summer. So he's uh I think he went after her. He either went like before or after her. Or maybe she went last. I can't remember, but I I know I was disappointed. In 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 her set she went last. Yeah, that's what it was. I was, I like, was like, I don't last. know why didn't see her last. Oh, they hung her out to dry by letting her go last. At least, was it last year or the year before? The one where Little Mosey was on there, right? And uh, Little Mosey was absolutely horrible. So up until Coy Ray, he had like the worst freestyle. And then to make it worse, he goes with his horrible freestyle. And who goes after him? Megan Thee Stallion. And she, of course, tore it up because Megan can rap. And... Uh, I don't know if it was uh, in the clutch or um, no life shack. Like I watch these guys, they do like reaction videos and stuff like that. And one of them pointed out, like when they had one of the shots, like, you know, like when they point to the other people while they're doing their thing, how they're reacting. One of them pointed out, like when Megan this time was going off on her rap, like how they were just like, like his face was just tight. Like, damn, I'm getting, I'm getting shown up. <laughs> Maybe they didn't want that. Maybe that's why they let Coyle Ray go last. But Coyle Ray is Benzino's daughter. And if you don't know who Benzino is, he's one of the worst rappers ever to touch down on the planet Earth. And that quote is according to Funkmaster Flex, who Benzino accused of payola when, um, because he wouldn't play his records. And Funkmaster Flex, who was a disciple of Red Alert from back in my day, was basically like they have the luxury of being able to play the music that they like. Like it, they, it back then it wasn't. Um, I mean, this may be going back for you, Odie. I know you're. I know you're much younger than I am. You remember a group called Soul to Soul? Mm-hmm. Back to life, back to reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. I heard that before. Uh, when I was a uh, kid in New York, well, in high school, I should say, there was two main radio stations that played Black music. There was 98.7 KISS FM and 107.5 WBLS. And Frankie Crocker yeah. was a DJ for WBLS. So he was playing that song like that spring before it came out in the summer in the U.S., if, if I have my timeline correct. And it's because he... Um, he was on vacation in England. 
that's where the band is originally from. And he bought the record out there. So his version was much different than the US version. I was never able to find that particular version that he had. I used to have it on cassette. And now that cassette, unfortunately, no longer exists. I'll go over that in a moment because I'm old. I have cassettes. But um, but basically, they get to play whatever they like. They don't really have, a, a, I mean, they have to play the popular songs to get people to listen. But they get to play what they like. So Funkmaster Flex was just like, I just don't like you because your music is trash. That's why I'm not playing you. Not because, not because you won't pay me, but because your music is garbage. Benzino had a, a, a beef with Eminem because, you know, he at the time he was running Source Magazine. And of course, he was jealous of Eminem because, you know, he was in this group called Made Men. And I think he was in, in another group called Almighty RSO, which I'm not making this up to be funny. I used to always see their records in the bargain bins. So for those of you who are old enough to remember CDs that they couldn't sell, they were put in a bargain bin and they'd mark them down. So like CDs mm. sets that couldn't be sold, it would be in the bargain bin. Now, when I worked in a record store, if we had CDs and tapes that we couldn't sell, we would just send them back to the warehouse, to the home office. And then they would try to sell them back to the manufacturer or some shit like that, you know? And it was kind of like how MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice benefited from the SoundScan era because back then it, they never accounted for returns. They just accounted for what was shipped as opposed to what was actually mm -hmm. sold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. But I know I, I know I went off on the on the old man tangent, but Coyla Ray is Benzino's daughter. So when you think about how untalented she was out there. It's basically because the lack of talent runs in the family. In, in my day, and yes, I'm going to go on my old man thing. I'm going to get my, my bottle of Metamucil and my, and my old country buffet coupons when I say this. Back in my day, you had to master your art before you got a record deal. Okay? If you look up on YouTube and look up all those old Eminem freestyles when he, before he was... Uh, back when the first album was dropping, right? And hear him do freestyles on, on all these radio stations across the country. He was already a master rapper even before that, right? He had an album that came out uh, independently put out called Infinite. It just didn't really go anywhere. And then of course he hooked up with Dre and the rest is history. But as far as rapping goes, he was already a master rapper. But with some rappers, like as Cannabis can attest to, it's just a matter of just getting the right beats and, then the, and coming out at the right time. And I say that because Cannabis just never really, as, as great of a rapper as Cannabis is, he just never caught on. And it definitely wasn't because of his skill. It was just timing and beats, you know. But it's, mm -hmm. so there's a, a channel called uh, Hip Hop Universe. Now, you said you like Moray, right? Yeah, he's all right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was torn on Leray because I will have to agree. I'm just going to call him Hip Hop Universe because I don't know. There's sometimes there's a channel and there's different people in the channel who do stuff. So um, there was a guy, uh, if, you, if you look up Hip Hop Universe 2021 XXL Cypher, the video will come up and he breaks everything down by 
you know, he'll break down the lyrics and the flow. And then his rating system is he'll break down like, and he's not rating them as an artist, right? He's just rating their particular performance in the cipher. He's not rating them as an artist, just that one performance, okay? So, um, and then when he does all his ratings, he'll give you a score, it's between one and 10. So he's usually pretty harsh in his ratings because even the person who he thought was the best, which was Blast, right? He ended up with a 6.46 rating, right? Lakia <laughs> was a 6.4. DDG, who people were hyping up, he was a six. And then Moray uh, was a 5.1, you know? I, 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 I'm not really fond of the, the sing-song rappers, yeah, I I like that style because I I like to sing along. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not really a fan of it. I don't mind if rappers sing if they have the ability to, like like a most deaf, you know. I don't mind if they sing from time to time. I just can't listen to that whole. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, you ever watch Eddie Murphy Delirious? I know that's going back a ways. His first well, what scene in particular is I can't remember. Because what, what's the big ones? It's um Raw was the one he did that came out in the movies. And then Delirious okay. was the special that came out on HBO. So Delirious, he was wearing the red leather suit. And Raw, he was wearing the black leather suit. That's the one that came out in the movies. Okay, the red leather suit. Yeah, I've definitely seen I've definitely seen uh, the red leather suit. And I guess because of the Eddie Murphy joke, it just reminds me of that. He was like, because he, he's talking about Elvis. He's like, they let Elvis do movies he couldn't act. So they were like, fuck it. Let him sing all his dialogue. That's basically how I see some of these rappers. They're like, yeah, he's, this dude wants to rap, but he has no flow. Fuck it. Let him sing all his raps. And that's how they get that flow in there. And I guess it works. I mean, these kids sell a tremendous amount of singles, you know? But if for me, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really resonate, you know, which is why I was not a big fan of Bone Thugs and Harmony when they first came out. And I couldn't, you know, I mean, they could rap. But that whole harmony thing, it's like it's like it's either I'm either listening to rap or I'm listening to RB, but I don't want to listen to both. And then the rest, <laughs> and then the rest of his ratings, it was uh 2C was fifth, he had a 4.5. Ruby Rose was 4.1. Pooh Shiesty, I hate saying his name, Pooh Shiesty, uh 3.3. Flo Millie, she got a 3.2. 42 Doug was a 2.9. I want you to guess Coyle Ray's score. What, what do you think that he gave her? What's the scale again? What's the highest number? 10. Damn, they gave him a 2.9? Who was that? Pushaisi got a 2.9? Pushaisi got a 3.3. Oh, okay. And and like I said, Um, it's it's just for that one performance, not him as a rapper. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um well if they're if they're getting two point nines and shit out of ten, then she's gotta get uh a half a point for showing up. A little bit higher than that. She got a one point six. But the reason yeah, okay. why people know is because a lot of this stuff, this, a lot of the, the things that they do, like creativity and content, and she got zeros for. 
So I think she got like a five for energy or something like that. And other than that, it was just, you know, everything was like either zeros or one. So she ended up with a 1.6. You know how you knew that she, that she knew in her mind she was the worst was when she started twerking. And then, you know, she started doing the whole we get money thing and she kept repeating that. And then she starts twerking because she was just like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm out of material. <laughs> and I'm the headliner of this thing. So uh, here, let me shake my ass. Let me see if that'll distract people. And it was just God awful. I, I felt really bad for her. And then she was in her car, you know, with the, the car cam, I guess. And, she, and then I guess she had like some yes woman in the back seat or in the, in the passenger seat that you could hear her in the background. And she thought that she had the best freestyle. That's what she was saying to save face. And then she said, you know what my problem was? I should have went for longer. I should have had like six more bars. I was just like, did you hear yourself before you said that? Six more bars? We would have loved to have heard six more bars. But the problem was you ran out of stuff to say. I listened to a couple of her songs on Spotify. I don't know half of what she's saying. Not because of the content, but just because she, she mumbles a lot of the stuff. Some of it is auto-tune. And then she had uh, some jackass in there with her. I forget his name. One of these goofy mumble rap kids. But it. I know me being an old man. As far as hip hop goes, I mean, I've been listening to hip hop since what, 19, since like the late seventies. So of course, you know, but I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. And I'd love to, to hear one of these ciphers and then just be like, you know what, this kid, this kid can rap, you know? I would love to have that. I think, um, what's his name, Corday, who was on an Eminem song mm -hmm. recently? He could rap, kind of like him, you know? He did pretty good on that Eminem song. He was the remix for uh, for Killer, I think it was. I'm like, he was all right, you know. But I don't know. It, it's basically because I grew up in a time where lyrics were more important than presentation, and now it's all about the presentation and the entertainment of it all which is not a bad thing if you want to make money, which is why these kids sell a tremendous amount of singles. You know, you figure you'll have somebody like 21 Savage who his albums will barely go platinum, but he'll sell like altogether, maybe like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 million singles between all of the singles. So he'll have some singles that'll go triple platinum, quadruple platinum, you know? So it's, you know, it sells. But when it comes down to the brass tacks, when you have a, a cipher like this, you're going to get exposed. And that's, that's the thing. So there, you know, I did kind of enjoy Moray, even though he kind of cursed a lot. But I mean, it's not yeah. like, it's not like the cursing bothers me in, in music. I mean, I grew up listening to NWA you know, and, and all these other groups. So cursing doesn't really bother me, but when you're in a cipher, you want to let your lyricism take over, not the profanity. 
save the extra profanity for your actual records and then show your this is this is the time to showcase your lyrical content now was there was there anybody else from the cipher that you liked aside from moray mm, not really i couldn't think of anybody but i'm usually not into that like i'm i'm more like i don't want to get attached to anybody who just doesn't work hard after the fact i, I want to see like like I'm 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 okay with being late to the party. Some people love like the feeling of being on like catching on early to the next wave, like riding the next wave, like, oh, this person is next up and I've been following them from, from day one and shit like that. They they love seeing new artists and shit. I'm more like, mm, I'm gonna wait until they're until they've been riding the wave longer. You know what I mean? Like so I'm okay with being late to the party. So ciphers and stuff generally do not excite me. Um, I'm more like, let's see what you've been doing after a couple of years. Yeah. From this point. I, I don't remember his name. I, I, I do. I should have written it down because I do like to give people on, you know, content creators on YouTube shout outs whenever I can. Like I like lately I've been watching a lot of uh, there's a guy who calls himself uh, uh, Jamal. Uh, no, Jamel, a.k.a. Jamal. That's his tag name. And, you know, he does like uh, reaction videos. There's uh, In The Clutch. You know, I, I watch a lot of their videos, their reaction videos. They have this thing with, called uh, Try Not To Laugh. So they'll play something funny and then uh, to see which one of them actually laughs out loud first. I think it's kind of cool. And then there's a dude called himself uh, No Life Shack, S-H-A-Q. And his reactions are actually, kind of, they're, they're kind of funny. You know, and they watch, you know, they'll watch like the double XLs and stuff like that, you know, but one of them had a video, not one of those three, but they had a video. They were talking about uh, people from the ciphers, right, going back to, you know, however long that they were going on and then to see which ones fell off, like no longer have a career anymore. Right. And he, he noted something. The 2016 class. Right was full of all the people who I didn't like at all. So that's the one that had, the only one out of that class I liked was Denzel Curry. He's the only one that I actually liked. Everybody else okay. was just um, Lil Yachty, uh, Lil Uzi Vert, um, who else? Uh, Kodak Black, 21 Savage. But here's the thing, that was actually the most successful double XL class. All of them are still making records to this day. It, it's kind of funny how that works. And I would have thought that they were like the least talented class, but no, people love them. You know, they still love Lil Yachty. They still love uh, Uzi Vert and all of them. So more power to them. Go ahead and make that money while you can, you know. I may not like your music, but you have a right to make it. So keep on doing it. But speaking of making music, you ever hear of an artist named Lord? She spells it L-O-R-D-E. Yeah, um, she sang the song. Uh, and will never be Royals. Royals, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a fan of hers at all. And, I'm, and you know, people like her and Billie Eilish and stuff like that is just not really... 
it used to be my type of music that that's that slow dreary music because i used to listen to trip hop so like portishead massive attack and stuff like that i love that stuff still do but for them for some reason with them it's just like uh, the only reason why i know who billy eilish is because she won a bunch of grammys last year and i, I looked up her music and i was just like mm, i can't get into it it's just not for me but lord was on uh Late night with Seth Meyers, he does this thing where he just like, uh, he'll drink with people, you know, they'll go through a, and here's the worst part, they'll do it early in the day and he has to do a show later on in the day, so he's all like hungover and shit, which is kind of funny, but um, he did one with, with, with Rihanna, which was actually pretty cool, you know, there's day drinking with Rihanna, you know, and, and Seth is a kind of a goofy drunk, but they had that with, um, with Lord because she has an album coming out. The first thing I thought was, she's still making records? Granted, she's only 24. So it's not like she's like 52, you know? And while I'm like, wow, she still makes records. She's, this is only like her third studio album that's coming out. So I guess she's promoting it, which is why she's on all the shows now. And to me, like, like I said, somebody like Billie Eilish, I just don't listen to her music. I don't walk around. I hate Billie Eilish. I don't hate Lord, but what made me not like her is that she ruined one of my favorite songs from the 80s. Everybody wants to rule the world. She did a version of it for the Hunger Games soundtrack. Mm -hmm. For one of the Hunger Games soundtracks. And it's you know, you know what that song sounded like? It sounded like if your cat had leukemia and the sound it makes as you're putting it down. Like that's basically like like that cat's death rattle. That's basically Lord's version of everybody wants to rule the world. It's god awful. The only cover I know that's worse was Taylor Swift's cover of September that she did on her banjo. And I was like, that was sacrilege. But this one was almost as bad. But something caught my eye as I was looking up her discography because I was like, and because it was like, oh, okay, she does have an album coming out. That's why she's on all the shows now. And just before I clicked off of Wikipedia, I noticed something. Her new album is not coming out on CD. It's coming out on LP and digital download only. No, mm -hmm. L no CD. Now, I looked up a few more albums, you know, people who just came out recently, like, uh, like J. Cole, like his, like his last album that came out uh, about a month ago. That's, that's on CD, you know. But CDs are finally starting to die out. There are some artists who are just like, you know what, I'm not going to bother selling the stuff on CD anymore. Like if you look on Wikipedia and you look at somebody who went like double platinum, but then you look at their US sales and you only see like uh, 78,000 or 100,000 records, that's how many physical copies they sold. That's not including their digital downloads which are counted uh, separately, you know? So, but CDs are starting to die. And even, even me, myself, I haven't bought a CD in like five years, you know, unfortunately. Same. I, it's definitely been a while, but I think, um, I kind of wonder though. So like, I had, you know how like Facebook gives you everything like they suggest watching things um, mm -hmm. once you watch something one time. So basically a couple of weeks ago, I got on a binge of, or like on a roll with um, Pawn Stars clips. And 
always watch those and I, I get like really intrigued. Like, hmm, like I wonder if I saved that copy of blah, blah, blah. Like if it would have been worth something, you know? Right. Like it's part of the reason I'm still, like it's, I'm not a hoarder because I legit hate hoarding stuff. But sometimes I wonder like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't throw some things away because maybe it'll be worth something. Um, still holding on to a Game Boy for that reason. Um, I have like an old cassette player and um, I wonder though, like what about the, the CDs? I wish I had one in a million. Definitely wish I had a copy of that because you can't stream it anywhere anyway. Um, the oh, the um, Aaliyah album. One in a million. Ah, uh, do I have that? I think I have that. Look, hold we'll, on we'll, to we'll, it. We'll talk I, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, hold on to it. I might actually need a copy um, just so I can like scan it. But I, I always wonder like, mm, that would be nice if like I could just go on Palm Stars and or like uh, what's the other one that comes on PBS? The Roadshow one, Antique Roadshow. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I just found this like this old painting and then they're like, oh yeah, this is actually worth $100,000. Oh, great. You know, sell it and move on. Um, that would be really cool. But like, I wonder if if we're we'll get to that point with CDs, like based on the scarcity scarcity of them. It's, it's already happening in a way because I had a couple of friends of mine. They sold their CD collections, and they had way more CDs than me. So they had like bookshelves full of CDs, you know, and. Uh, one of them, so he didn't tell me how much he got for it, but it was a lot of money, you know. But my collection is not worth anything because even though I still have all the liner notes, I don't have the cases anymore. Mm. You know, because it's so hard to pack all these things and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So I, I just put them in the, in the books. And without the actual jewel cases, they're not worth anything to collectors. The collectors want the, they want the entire thing. You know, now one thing that I do have that may be worth something to collectors is promotional copies and especially promotional copies of actual albums that don't exist in mainstream. Like I have a, I'm pretty sure he's put out a few since then, but uh, Keith Sweat, I forget which album it was that was coming out in the nineties, but they made like a, a greatest hits as like a promo CD to play in the store. To get people big, oh, I like I like Keith Sweat. I could be like, hey, he's got a new album coming out, huh? You know, but um, I'm pretty sure he has greatest hits CDs since then. But I, but I mean, but a collector would probably pay for that because it's uh, it's uncommon that people would have that. You have to work in the industry, not like the music industry, but like in you know in retailers to get stuff like that. You know, so my promotional copies that I kept might be worth something even without the jewel cases, but my regular CDs, not so much. Even the ones that are out of print, maybe not so much. You know, I will say this. If you wanted to, to see uh, how much you can get for your CDs, don't go to any of those sites where you can look and see. Uh, I tried some of those sites. They lowballed the living hell out of you. Look it up on eBay and see how much it's going for. And if it's not selling on eBay, post it and see how much you can get for it. But don't trust those sites because they just want to buy your CDs from you at the lowest price possible so they could sell it at a high okay. price. It's like selling video right, games, right, right. you know? 
they'll buy your game back from you for two dollars and then resell it for thirty. That's why I use video games it was like a, it was like a, a billion. Yeah, exactly like GameStop. That's why it was like a, a billion dollar industry and use games because they were just low balling the living hell out of people. Because I go to sell games back sometimes and if they tell me, oh, we'll give you four dollars for this game I paid sixty dollars for two years ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'll just hold on to it. I'd rather give it to somebody than to sell it for four dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, agreed. But that's that's just how I am. But I, I looked into something though. I was just curious about something because here's the thing: that Lord album, even though that one is coming out, even though it's not available on CD, it's still available on vinyl. They still make vinyl, so vinyl yeah. is actually the longest lasting music medium out there right so you figure you probably never see you probably never seen one of these outside of a movie only only way i've, I've seen one is because my godfather used to have one he was into all that even though he he's just like my dad even though he's on a dj he just has all this expensive dj equipment even though he doesn't dj he just loves hearing his music really loud and clear but um you ever see one of those real to real players so they look like movie projectors, but they play music. They you, look like movie projectors, but they play music. I don't think yeah, so. No, yeah, I don't think yeah, I've ever heard of those. Old, you ever see those old movie projectors? Like where they yeah. have, like, you have the spools and you have to run it through the little thing and it comes out on the other yeah. end. They have, uh, they used to make albums like that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I guess like a jukebox kind of works that way a little bit because you have to... Well, the, or the old old jukeboxes because well, they, the, they had well, like the little mini albums. Well, the jukebox would just use forty fives. Well, the old jukeboxes that is. Yeah, they yeah, would, the old they old would, ones. yeah, they would just use forty fives. But this was actually like tape, you know. And, and I and I had to look some of these up because I was curious. So the real the reels they started making them in nineteen forty nine, and uh, they died out in the eighties because. Uh, cassettes and eight tracks kind of put them out because cassettes and eight tracks were a lot less complicated to use than a real to real player, right? Um, cassettes, they started making them in 1935. But back then they were only used for dictation machines and stuff like that. So for them and eight tracks, like late, like eight tracks, they started making in the 40s, right? The late 40s. And for both of them, they started making cars that had those eight track and cassette players in the late sixties. So they pretty much, you know, uh, took on a, a life of their own. Cassettes died out in 2003. So 2003, most of the major record labels stopped making albums on cassettes. For eight tracks, they died out in the, uh, yeah, they died out in the early eighties. The eight tracks died out. And the only time we really saw them up until about uh, about the mid-90s is, um, I'm trying to think of a movie where you might have actually seen eight tracks. But you ever, you ever see like old- Yeah, like my grandmother had one in, in her apartment. So- um, Okay. So, you, so you've seen an actual eight track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they still use them for, well, they used to use them in radio stations to hold uh, jingles. So if they wanted to play a jingle, they would just pop in an eight track and it would play the jingle. But now everything is digital. So that's why, you know, about in the uh, in the 90s, 
they stopped using them. But vinyl, they started making vinyl back in 1857. And back then the records were made on paper, if you could believe that. When Edison made his, they were made on tinfoil. And eventually they started making them in vinyl at about 1901. They started making them on vinyl. And it's just endured. So at one point, maybe by five or six years ago, um, vinyl was outselling CDs. So CDs are pretty much on their way out. Even CDs as a storage medium is, on, is pretty much dead because my, um, a CD holds 740 megs of information. A, 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 DVD, a blank DVD holds maybe like four gigs. So even as storage medium, like the CDRs and the rewritable ones, even those are pretty much obsolete. And then now the worst part is, is that they even, even the ones that you have stored, they do degrade over time like cassettes do, the rewritable ones. So if you have like old CDRs and CD rewritables with music on it or video or what have you, you may want to buy a, uh, a hard drive and put those onto a hard drive, <laughs> you know, before, uh, while you're still able to get information from them. But I just thought it was kind of cool, like how vinyl has lasted all these years and is still making a comeback and how vinyl is going to outlast CDs. Because when CDs came out, I'm like, well, this is the end all be all. This is all there's ever going to be. How naive was I <laughs> to think that, you know? And in, in one last fun fact, while I'm still running my mouth here, uh, of course, you know VHS cassettes. Have you ever seen a, a Betamax? I've heard of them, no, but I have not. Betamax and VHS came out about the same time, same premise, just different manufacturers. It was kind of like when they had Blu-ray and then they had the, uh, the HD DVD, which you probably never heard of because it came and it went. And then Blu-ray just blew them out the water, right? This part is open for interpretation. There is no hard facts on this. Between Betamax and VHS, Betamax, according to all the, I guess the, the audio video pundits and stuff like that, Betamax was the better format. It looked better, it sounded better. So why did VHS wipe out Betamax? The running theory is that because VHS embraced pornography. <laughs> and Betamax did not. So I'm not saying that they don't make Betamax uh, porn cassettes, but VHS really embraced uh, porn. And if you ever watch, you ever watch Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg? Um, no, but I have an idea of the premise of the story. I've, I've never seen that movie, no. Burt Reynolds is, is in that movie and he plays, he played uh, Mark Wahlberg's mentor, you know, as just some, you know, he was, he was just some guy in a restaurant who would just show his dick to gay people for money. And then uh, Burt Reynolds character turned him into a porn star, right? Named Dirk Diggler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, I loved how the characters in the background struggled with their own things. 
like Heather Graham and uh, God, I can't remember her name. Oh, geez, her, I can see her face in my mind, the redhead, but she, but I can't think of her. How her Amy and, Adams? Who? Amy Adams. Older. Yeah, she's she's older than Amy Adams. Uh, the one I'm mm. thinking. She was in. Mm. Trying to think what movie she was in. But anyway, how her and Heather Graham's character ended up struggling with drugs. Well, they all they except for Burt Reynolds, they were all struggling with drugs, but going through their own things because one of them was a porn star, but she was aging. You know, Don Cheadle was in it. Oh, Julianne and, Moore. Julianne Moore, yes. And then Don Cheadle was in it, and he was struggling with life after porn because he was trying to find his own identity because porn was all he knew, and then he was out of the business, you know, stuff like that. But um, basically, one of the things that Burt Reynolds struggled with, his character as the filmmaker, was going from film to VHS. And he resisted it for so long because he felt that the movies, because he was more of like his whole thing was he wanted the movie set. He, in, in, the, in his character's words, he didn't want people to just come to the, you know, go. This is back when people actually used to, used to go to the movies to watch porn. Right. And he didn't want them to just walk in, jerk off, and then leave. You know, he wanted people to have characters that they, that they could remember and stuff like that. So he really stuck to the whole idea of making the porn movies on film. And toward the end of the movie, you see him finally break down, like they show a warehouse, and then they just show, um, like he has like pallets full of uh, VHS copies of his movies now. You know, like the times change, and sometimes you have to change with the times. I mean, you could resist only but for so long. So now, a lot of these companies are probably going to start to say, "Hey, we don't even sell that many CDs anymore," and people and retailers don't really sell CDs like that anymore. Because Walmart stopped selling, uh, they stopped having like whole sections of CDs. Um, Best Buy, the last time I was at Best Buy when I was in New York, they didn't even have a CD section. No, but they do have vinyl. I know what the one carry, they have vinyl. But they have vinyl, you know, because vinyl's making a comeback, you know. DJs help keep it alive. And there's a DJ I follow on um, YouTube called uh, Scratch Bastard. And he has, I've seen him use two different sets of turntables. One with just regular vinyl. And another one is kind of like computerized. So it just has like the records look blank, but he's able to take the MP3s or whatever format he's using and then print them onto the record. And he uses this for songs that he can't get on vinyl. So he prefers to work with vinyl, but if he can't get the song on vinyl, he has these uh, this computer program that lets him put the record onto these I guess these blank templates and he could scratch with those, you know? So I just thought it was, I just thought it was curious that vinyl, the longest running music medium is still going strong and outlasting CDs who I thought would have put them in the ground. But it just goes, it just goes to show you, you know, that some mediums are timeless, you know? So. I forgot that it's already the end of July and uh, yeah. it's, it's almost fantasy football time because preseason starts soon. I didn't need, I don't even have my team set up yet. I'm, I'm the goddamn commissioner. So that's what I'll be spending my afternoon doing, getting everything set up so we could play some fantasy football for Christ's sakes. 
You know, I, I, I it, ever since the pandemic, it's just been, I just been getting it done later and later. So, I mean, this is like, you know, like year one of the pandemic. So last year with all the stuff going on, I forgot all about it. And even this year with all the stuff going on, I forgot all about it. And I'm like, oh my God, today's July 25th. Preseason starts in like next week. And I don't even have a team set up yet. So that's basically what I'll be doing uh, this afternoon after I have lunch. So, but you know me, I could run my mouth all day. Odie, what are your, what are your final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. Hmm. Mask the fuck up. That's all I can say. Yeah. Keep playing some blue in the face. Wear your mask. And maybe, just maybe, we'll finally get out of this thing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for the love of Jesus, man, get vaccinated. Do you think those remember one thing? If you're if you're a Fox News watcher, remember one thing. Everybody on Fox News, all their staff is vaccinated. Tucker Carlson is vaccinated. Sean Handy is vaccinated. Uh, Greg Gutfield, all those scumbags, they're all vaccinated. Marjorie Taylor Greene is vaccinated. You know how I know she's vaccinated? Because when they asked her if she was vaccinated, you know what she said? She said, well, you asking is a violation of my HIPAA rights, which is the exact wrong definition of HIPAA. HIPAA basically means your doctor can't just give out your information to whoever. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, I have to, like, my friend, she's my emergency contact, so I have to sign forms that say, hey, if something were to happen to me, you can share my medical information with her. Yeah, exactly. You know? But basically, if she wasn't vaccinated, she would have just said, no, I'm not vaccinated. But she's vaccinated because she... Basically, you're telling us that there's medical information to disclose here. Yeah. The answer was no, that wouldn't apply. Right. So basically, just for the love of Jesus, God in heaven, just get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Wear your mask in large pub in large crowds, and maybe, just maybe, we'll get through this whole thing before 2030. How about that? Let, let's have let's have a realistic goal to shoot for because of how dumb Americans are. Let's shoot for 2030 to be able to just get past this. Okay, it's 2021. We have nine years. <laughs> let's just get past this for the love of Jesus. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe to us. We are on, you can catch us wherever you can catch podcasts uh, on Spotify, iHeartRadio. I think we're on Apple. Blue knows where, Blue knows everything. Mm-hmm. Where we are. So, all right. You guys have a fantastic day and we will see you guys next time. Bye guys. Listening to Little Trey Beats.
you are not listening to Little Train.